Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Eric McMahon. Uh, listeners, I think this is going to be our best podcast ever. Uh, you know, self-deprecating humor is usually my my go-to, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be bold and and that's your go. I thought that was my. Go-to. I think it's kind of the style uh, of the right, pod yeah. overall. I think sure. it fits all of us, but not this time. Being a little a little arrogant, I guess. And uh, well, there's a lot to some, talk about. So. There's a lot to talk about. There's going to be uh, football, the Penn State game, and the af- aftermath. Looking ahead to Notre Dame, uh, going to be basketball talk as we just had media day and there's been some kind of news events uh, since our last show um i don't think there's gonna be time for hockey ryan unless something I, crazy happened hey yeah there's a lot there's going a, on man. a sweep a, over an in-state team eh, all right uh, listen first first things first though would be uh i guess kind of explaining and apologizing to listeners who may not have heard last week's episode um there was one that was recorded and published it's uh, out there last Trust tuesday us. october 15th um, it's on our website at mlive.com slash Wolverines. Uh, but we, you know, due to some technical issues, it may not have been disseminated uh, to its normal platforms. Um, that will change. If you're listening to this now, it means that other one has been kind of published the, the old way. So you can go back and listen to our preview of Penn State if you'd like. Um, but yeah, just wanted to, to get that uh, out of the way. But um, yeah, Michigan uh, went to Penn State. Uh, last Saturday, and lost 28-21. If I wasn't a weirdo, my score prediction would have been probably exactly right, but instead of doing a normal 28-21 score, I decided to go 30-22 I mean, like a weirdo. But. If if Ronnie Bell didn't draw that pass and Harbaugh decided to go for two and missed it, I would have gotten it right on the head too. So, you know. Fair enough. And fair I, enough. The, the funny part was I think Aaron messaged both of us at like halftime and like, oh, yeah. when I think my prediction yeah. was what again? Yeah. Thinking he was going to be close. I, need, I think sure. one more touchdown for Michigan and like three more points from Penn State. Sure. Right on the money. But that's not how it went. But let, no. let's kind of do the game. Let's start chronologically if we can. Uh, I thought that uh, Jim Harbaugh was too conservative early 100%. in this game. There was the first drive of the game. They punted from inside Penn State territory. Uh, it was Penn State 47-yard line on fourth and one. Uh, of course, the play before was third and one, and they did a run for no gain. So maybe there just wasn't confidence, too much confidence there. Uh, third drive, they did go for it uh, on fourth and three from the Penn State 36. Uh, they failed that. Uh, the end of the half, I don't know if this would be that's conservative not, just or, 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 or what. Dumb. Like that just... uh, a 58-yard field goal attempt with about a minute left. Um but like, I don't know. That's that's somewhat less I, conservative, more conservative just, than going it, for it. I don't know. Um, to, to me, I mean, if if Moody's has proven that he cannot, I, I, everyone knows that Quinn Nordine is their long or is their distance field goal kicker, and I, there's been nothing to show that Moody has the leg to nail a kick longer than 55 yards. So I, I yeah. just don't. I mean, Nordine probably the, wasn't going to make it either. That's just right, a very long right, field goal right. outdoors it's, for a college kicker. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> they should have went for it. I said that from the get go. They, they should have or punted. Or punted. Yeah. yeah, but I think at that point, I think it was what there was less than a minute left on the, the clock. Yeah, like um, fifty-one seconds. Yeah. So like, you know, why not go? You're down. What was it? Twenty or twenty-one-seven at that yeah. point. So like, why not go for it at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. He was Harbaugh was criticized yeah. afterwards for it. He said that. Uh, they wanted to try it. Quinn Rodin was not available. He said today on his podcast that he was just dealing with a hip flexor. Um, so and I don't know behind the scenes. The, the Michigan coaching staff has made a big deal this year about analytics. 
what mm-hmm. they're being told from their, I, and I don't know if analytics played a factor in this, um, but I, 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 yeah, would, I don't know. I would have loved to see the analytics on that. I don't know. I, well, just the odds of would... getting the three points. Out right. of, yeah. That's all. I, that, that's what it comes down to for me. Like what, what chance do you think did that kick have of going in? Right. I, so not um, very high. And then the third quarter, they had a fourth and three right at midfield and they punted as well. Now, again, some of these decisions may come down to, a uh, lack of confidence in being able to pick up those short yards, uh, you know, because in, in some some of these cases they they had they faced the same situation and on third down they weren't able to get it. Uh, you know, later in the game they when they kind of had to drive in late they picked up a fourth down and uh, it, yeah. It's, but to me, it's almost like their offense is better. I mean, the offense took a big step forward in, in the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're way too predictable in short yardage situations. That that's I don't know. They kind of just go back to being conservative play calls on those short yardage situations runs up the middle um or, and it's it's predictable and teams know what's coming and they're able to stop it i think what being able to keep teams off balance and maybe switching things up on a fourth down keeping teams honest might have been the better better move there but yeah uh, i'm I mean, not i'm not I, paid yeah, yeah i'm willing to let them you know what they decide to run uh, you know i forget even being critical about that it's you know but you can you can make an argument of whether what you should have punting versus going for it. Right. Well, once you decide to go for whatever personnel you want to roll out there in the play you want to run, uh, sure, I'll leave that to, to them. But, you, you know, not going for it. Um, and then there was just the the very one other thing I wanted to mention. Before, you know, Michigan uh, uh, took, you know, they, had, they, they got the ball first. Uh, they come out on the field. And before the very first snap of the game, you had to call timeout because the play clock was about to That's not a bad omen. I don't know what is. They just, Michigan continues to do certain things uh, emblematic of a very poorly coached team. And I don't, I don't think they are a very poorly coached team. It's, it's just strange. Like that, like a a discipline. Is is it on the coaching staff? Is that a lack of confidence to the offense? I I, I don't know. And that question, I think it's been lingering over them all season long now. Um, you know, Quiddy Pay was pretty candid on Monday when he was asked about the environment at Penn State. Mm-hmm. He, he pretty much said, yeah, at, at least from his case, I would presume this, this this was, you know, the case for other players. But he said he was jittery. He was nervous going into that game. Sure. It was loud in there. Right. Folks folks don't realize, you know, I haven't been to every college football stadium, and so I don't know. I can't claim to say I know the loudest. But from the college football teams I have been to, and I've been to several now, Penn State at night is by far the loudest and the most raucous atmosphere there is uh, it's hard to hear yourself think the press box is shaking like multiple ca- occasions that the students were in the stadium i was amazed by this i would say 75 to 80 percent of the students were in the stadium like 45 minutes before kickoff they were in there yelling loud it was it's it was pretty wild yeah and and uh, understood and absolutely a tough environment to win in but you know for the first play uh, uh-huh. there, 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 there wasn't a long, super long kickoff return uh-huh. or a super short one where they were in this weird field position. Right. It was, it was a touchback. Uh, you know, it, did Penn State run out some weird defensive personnel that that caused them? You could have called that play six days prior. Right. So <laughs> it was under. It, it was just, it was just confusing. If it um, does anything, that just fuels the fans even more when they see that uh, the opposing team has to call a timeout right. before. Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, I will say it was better than taking penalty. Nobody even worse. Than that that is true. Uh, I think Michigan got a uh, you know did get a get a did get a tough whistle uh, early in that game for sure. That that didn't help. There were a lot of factors that that you know caused the 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 big hole that they they put themselves in. Um, but there were positives, as you know, Ryan said right away. The offense uh, and then the team in general played very well in the second half. Probably given if you if you factor in the opponent, which you should. Mm-hmm. 
possibly as well as they looked all season? Yeah, I mean, I think we we shouldn't gloss over the the twenty one nothing hole they put no. themselves in first. I, I think that's been the 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 the, the, the huge storyline going in a lot of these games. You saw it at Wisconsin. You saw it last year against Notre Dame, even Northwestern, Ohio, not so much Ohio State, but mm-hmm. Michigan has had a tendency now of going on the road against these big teams and putting themselves in deep holes that they have been unable to get out of. Now, the Northwestern game last year, they were able to, I think it was 17 nothing. That was the biggest lead they, have, they had uh, overcame since 2011 or something of that magnitude. So, it, you know, it, when, when you go down big on the road like this, it's nearly impossible to get out of it. It creates the margin for error like nothing at that point. And you saw what happened. But, yeah, going yeah. back to the offense, there were plenty of there were plenty of positives. I thought it was the, from the second half perspective. Right. I would say from the middle of the second quarter mm-hmm. on, uh, it was, you know, I thought it was the best the offense had probably looked all season. Maybe, maybe you know, Rutgers game aside, but against the opponent on the national stage, I thought the I thought the offense rebounded nicely. Yeah, I will say that I think it could have been better in the first half too. I think uh, Shea Patterson's game was fantastic, even um, with a few drops. And uh, obviously, Ronnie Bell's did all the criticism, but there were some other drops in the first half too that were really yeah. costly that I think are kind of glossed over yeah. is that if you, if a receiver comes down with a few more catches in the first half, maybe it's not a 21 to nothing deficit. Maybe they pick up another first down or two, get a little bit more momentum and the, the game's a little changes a little bit. The, so so that, that first half drive, Michigan turned it over on downs. They were already down seven, nothing was the drive after, after Penn state scored. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan, I count Michigan had three drop balls from receivers and that, that drive alone. Yep. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's a you, talented group. There are five stars there among this yeah. group, right? Um, I don't know. It's just, you know, because yeah. that's the thing with that the offense against Penn State. They they move the ball, and it was all, like, legitimate. Like, they make it harder on themselves with not just the drops, but, you know, when was the last time they had a, a receiver, you know, kind of get behind the defense, take the top yeah. off the defense right. as the phrase right. goes. You know, Penn State did it to them <laughs> yeah. twice, and that's just huge. You know, all it takes is is, is one play like that, and, and you've had a, a touchdown. You've got a successful drive. Anything – you don't, you don't have to march down the field like Michigan often just has to do. Um, I don't know. That's been probably the most surprising part about really the season to me is their, their inability to really to really do that. I mean, they've had some. You know, Nico Collins had the the real long uh, touchdown. Um, is that – Rutgers, against Rutgers. Rutgers, yeah, right. So, um, no, but I'm saying, but even that yeah. wasn't a it was, super long right. pass down the field. They don't field, have the you know? blazing speed where they can just get behind someone, just go route, and Shea Patterson can chuck it up, and then right. he catches it, and there's no one in front of him. Like right, they right. always have to make a move, maybe to find sure, the end zone sure. instead of just being wide open, marching into the, exactly. the touchdown. And then yeah, you watch Tate Hamler, and it's like, oh my god, look at this yeah, guy run! Like, mm-hmm. He's no one's even around him. For a couple of those. Yeah. I don't think Michigan's receivers have that belief. I don't think that their receiving core isn't that blazing speed type of type of guys. Right. I, I, do, I don't think Peoples Jones is 100% right now. I, I, was, right. I remember watching him. He had, a, I think, a punt return on Saturday against Penn State, and, and he caught the ball and he made, tried to make a move. He just didn't look like he had the, the speed he, he did maybe last year. Because as a freshman last year, he did have some – he was he a deep ball threat at times. He, yeah. and you haven't seen that at all. So oh, Nico far. Collins was too to some degree. Um, you know, so, and Tariq Black is still – he's working on two broken feet he's had. So I, I would imagine his speed has taken a hit in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But, you know, they're, they're not really that type – and Ronnie Bell might be the exception here. But, you know, from a speed – He's speed, more of a quick – the jittery so, kind of guy than yeah. I think pure speed. So I don't think Michigan's in a way, I don't think Michigan's receivers are set up to play that way, but they're the guys I think that need to run the routes and run the routes well. And those are the guys you can throw the football up to, to go and get. Yeah. And you saw some more screen passes in this game and get them, getting them the ball, you know, quickly and trying to let them do things. And I, you know, I thought it, I thought it, you know, it worked for, for, uh, 
you know, to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, they come, they come all the way down there on the, on the final drive and, and have a chance to potentially tie the game, um, you know, kind of great maneuver by, by Patterson in the pocket, um, finds Ronnie Bell in the end zone, you know, and he, and he drops the ball. I mean, he's been their leading receiver, one of their you know, key players all year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there was some aftermath to that and that he, um, you know, an email, his father published an email that, that his son had received, um, you know, from a Michigan fan who was very, you know, angry and upset with Bell for this play. Um, and, uh, Jim Harbaugh was kind of inadvertent. He was kind of, he wasn't asked directly about that. He was asked about dealing with, you know, criticism from fans and social media and things like that. And then, you know, he, he brought it up at that point. Um, But yeah, I don't know. You guys had some thoughts on this, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, Harbaugh was very um, particular the way he answered it. You know, he, he was asked, you know, if, if he felt like student athletes nowadays face any more criticism than they they did in his days. And he didn't think so. You know, he, he seems to think it's, it's, it's been the same for, for decades now. I don't know if that's to be, that's necessarily true with the, you know, the advent of social media and the immediacy of of messages you can get nowadays. Um, I I do think this thing has been blown up a little bit bigger than it probably should have been. Uh, Yes. Ronnie Bell received a lot of criticism on on social media and you kind of, at this point in the time, you, in our day and age, you kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. Anything negative um, is put out there right away. Um, and I, and I, I would be willing to wager, and I don't know this for a fact, that, but I would be willing to wager that other athletes get messages like that like right. that all the time after games. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit surprised that the, the dad actually published. That's a difference here. That yeah, that's so a difference I, I think I think there is a lot more. You, you're surprised maybe, but you don't have any problem with him doing that, or do you? No, I, I, no. I, I, I don't. I mean, I think – I don't know. I, I, when you're 18, I, like I'm not defending that. Like what he said was ridiculous and, and totally unfair to Ronnie Bell. I just don't think. I mean, you should. I mean, that guy seems like his his life is pretty much ruined now because of one email he sent to Ronnie Bell. I mean, I can I can see that there's like ra- like a threat or like racial overtones or anything in there too. He was just an asshole. Yeah, he was. I'm not going to have to mark the explicit content <laughs> box. I never have had to before. And uh, however many the email should not have been sent. Right. He was clearly either intoxicated right. or, and this is something that was brought up yesterday, which is a possibility. But keep in mind the game, the line, the closing line of the game was seven and a half. Michigan lost by seven. Maybe the guy lost a bet. He lost money. That may have come oh, up would have, that wouldn't affect. I mean, so, you would have thought that would have been if he had if he had his bet on Michigan, he would have won it anyway. Or then, maybe he had the other way. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I gotcha. So with, nowadays, with with betting and, and all this, I mean, I, I don't know. He was probably intoxicated, like Jim Harbaugh mentioned, but you don't know that yet. So I think so. I mean, we see this all the time in the media, like pe- people criticizing athletes and whatnot. I think as a as a dad, you maybe don't see it everyone else getting, but you see your son getting it, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, like someone said this about my son i'm like super hurt and then like i I mean he could have maybe crossed out his name like i can't believe this person said this to my son like this is uncalled for i don't know if i don't know necessarily the flip side is that these people should be exposed for otherwise it's just a you know private message that then right i mean that yeah he should have not had his name attached to it either like in an email if you're i mean you shouldn't do that but like that's just a silly yeah, well, I, I will say this. I respect if, if you're going yeah. to criticize and send something strongly worded right. like he did. I respect the author more for putting his name in. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if you realized it was on there. It could have been <laughs> like a, a sig- it was a preloaded yeah, signature, right. but yeah, yeah, which is probably the case. Um, but if my opinion, if you send an email like of that nature and you're you're willingly doing it, then I think it opens up the the ability for someone to put put that out there. Yeah, Especially if you're going to hide from it. Don't agree. don't send it to begin with. Right. But yeah, because um, there, there are plenty of things no, no. people think. 
nowadays you might have an opinion of someone or something. It doesn't mean you have to put it in words. You keep it to yourself, right. you know? Yeah, so, I, to say this, first of all, this kid's life, life is ruined. I'm not sure that that's a, right. that could be a stretch there, too. Well, right. not, I mean, well, he had to change his phone number because I tried to call him yesterday on that number. Uh-huh. And then I had to look him up on the directory and email him. I guess he's deleted all his social media and whatnot. And now I mean, everyone's starting to know that that guy is the guy that emailed Ronnie Bell after, after a game. Yeah, I will well, say this. I, I don't think Harbaugh, and this is my opinion, I guess. I don't think Harbaugh should have brought the kid's name right. up in the yeah, press conference yeah, on Monday. He did mm-hmm. it on his own volition. He asked what the guy's name was, and he brought it up on his own. To me, that kind of gives the, the, the kid, the, this guy, whoever it was that sent it, the, you know, the gumption. Yeah, there were people that didn't know the name. And yeah, now he gets to say, oh, Jim Harbaugh called me out at the press conference, and he gets all this attention. Now, whether it's warranted or not, probably not. But, you know, it is, I don't It's just To me, it's all silly. I, even ha- had Ronnie Bell made the catch and Michigan tied the game, there's no guarantee they would have right. won the game. Right. Still two minutes yeah, left so, for Penn State to go down and score. Yeah. Exactly. And Michigan's defense could have came up with a stop, too, there. And, Correct. Or and, they could not drop six balls or yeah. not penalize themselves not fall behind six, eight times. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I don't understand someone sending that message to begin with. I know you said right. it wasn't. You know, right. It wasn't. It was. It could have been worse, right. of course. I, I, but still, the, you, the thought of, of sending – an email but reaching you, out to a right. college athlete after a bad game is is just kind of beyond. But it happen, I guarantee you it happens all the time. I don't think yeah, the Michigan fan base is is, is special in this regard. No, that's no, what right. you know, Aaron touched it's, on at the beginning. I, I would agree with that, that it absolutely happens very, at other places. Um, but The difference here is the fact that the letter was published by a parent. Right. So then well, the, but a Penn State, the team Michigan yeah, has played. Right. Uh, a, a player recently published uh, um, you know, yeah, a letter Reese, he got Reese from a fan, and that one did have. You know, some right a racial component to it, um, but bottom line is, yeah, there's literally the team that they played that night was dealing with the same thing just you know a couple weeks earlier or whatever. So, um, bottom line, these yeah. are college athletes. This if they're they're going to make mistakes, there's no need to reach out to them and and kind of. It's just. It's, it's just, just a game. It's, right. it's yeah. just a game. Yeah. And these guys are not getting paid to play. It's just bizarre. I to guarantee you Ronnie Bell felt worse than anyone else. Like, like he, he's. Yeah, I mean, they good. showed him on the sideline after yeah. the game crying. I mean, yeah. he was yeah. clearly emotional, upset. And, you know, had one of us been in that situation, I'm sure we would have felt like crap too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's just bizarre. To me. I mean, you see these recruits when they announce they're transferring or they announce their final two on Twitter or whatever. And just all these grown people, you know, men and women responding mm-hmm. with, like, you know, even if it's positive, it's weird to me. Even right. if it's like, right. oh, you know, they chose the other school and, and you're the fan of the one who was snubbed. And you're like, oh, well, we wanted you, but, you know, good luck at that school. It's still kind of weird to me. Yeah. Like, why are you reaching out at all? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Agreed. Michigan loses. Uh, they they fall. Uh, so, yeah, they fall. Their second loss in the Big Ten. We'll go kind of big picture with Michigan, but then I want to talk Harbaugh, too. Uh so, you know, I, I wrote about the Big Ten tiebreaker scenarios because people were asking me about it. They were, they were interested in how it could play out. Um, you know, it's it's possible, of course, that they could somehow end up with a tie. It's it's not it's not hard to see two more losses potentially for Penn State. Uh, you know, they play at Michigan State this week. I think they're losing that game, but we can get to that later. Um, you know, Ohio State, of course, plays Wisconsin this week. Uh, again, it could shake out in that way. It's, it's very unlikely. Um but, uh, but, yeah, I guess basically a question that was asked to Harbaugh and many of the players yesterday about, you know, kind of what is what is your season? How are you going to kind of define it and, and stay motivated uh, to play these remaining games, given that, you know, they never said Big Ten title or bust, but always talked about championships, championships, and um, that seems 
um, sort of far-fetched and, and a playoff berth is, is, is probably not going to happen for them anymore. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? There's still still some big games on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, luckily for them, they're, they're big opponents, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State, all at home this year. So yep. I think that they will be competitive games. And to me, in, in my opinion, I think they've got to, for, for them to have a successful season, be to be called a successful season, I think they got to win two or three of those. Okay. Um, maybe including Ohio State. Yeah, I think, I mean, a, I think if Michigan yeah. can beat Ohio State this year, I think, folks, I, I don't want to say it'll, it'll be, everything will be forgotten, but I think it'll get folks looking at the positives, and I think it'll change a narrative a little bit with Jim Harbaugh. 100%. I think yeah. the heat will come off him a little bit from the fan base. Now, I think they got to do more than that. I mean, I, th- I think you know the fans want a 10 or 11 win season and a win over Ohio State and a Big Ten championship, but some of that's not happening this year. It's not right. realistic. So I think uh, two or three of those games, I think they can beat Michigan State. I think they could. I think I think they can beat. I think they could beat Notre Dame on Saturday. I don't think they're going to. Um, so I don't. I think at this point, eight or nine wins and, and two of those wins. Are, yeah, are I think good. you beat Ohio State, and this is true probably a lot of years for for both sides of that rivalry. You know. The other stuff that, that always counts for just way more than some of those other mm-hmm. games. Um, so yeah, to say two out of three, well, if the two are, you know, I, I almost think if, if it's one out of three, but the one is Ohio State, that might be better than two out of three when that isn't. Right. I and mean, it's you know hard doing all this calculus well, and trying to figure it out. But um, say they I mean, beat that Ohio one's State huge. and Michigan State, then they, they could be back in the Big Ten title picture as well. So we, depending right, on what right. happens in Ohio State and yeah. Penn State, so I mean, obviously the Big Ten games I think mean more. But yes. you know, but the fan base too, I think wants to wants to win over Notre Dame right. too. And there, there, all three of those are important. Uh, I mean, I think it just it definitely takes the almost the pressure off of their 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 other games that that we didn't mention the the Maryland uh, and, Indiana, and Indiana games yeah, sure. um, because they're just yeah. I mean, you don't want to drop those games, but um, in the grand scheme of things, they're just if you're not playing for for these these. These other things, it probably doesn't, doesn't matter too much. So, mm-hmm. so are you um, but, predicting the loss against Indiana yeah, for Maryland? No, I'm just <laughs> saying that you know the, having those three rivalry games, they right. each mean something in their own right. right. I mean, you know, Notre Dame, especially since this is the last time they're going to play for who knows how long. Um, you know, Michigan's got a typically has only played one like major non-conference game. There have been some exceptions to that. Um, and they've already got one of those teams on their schedule through, I think I, I mentioned it, 2024, 2025, something like that. That's when the Texas-Oklahoma games happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, it's UCLA. And before that, it's Washington, Washington yeah. coming up these next two years, um, home and home. So um, that doesn't mean that those couldn't be changed. These things right, change over right. time. doesn't mean they, they couldn't add Notre Dame to one of those other spots and play a real tough schedule. I don't, I don't know, but um, you know, it's going to be the last one. And then obviously we know what you know, the Michigan state and Ohio state rivalries mean um, for Harbaugh. It was, uh, you know, another loss against the ranked team, another loss on the road, uh, just the numbers uh, versus ranked teams. And this now his fifth season at Michigan, nine and 12 against ranked teams, um, breaking that up into home games, six and three and on the road, one and seven, seven. against ranked teams. Again, these numbers are both stark and unsurprising. I mean, coaches, you know, you've got what Alabama and Clemson have been doing recently, but like generally, road records against good teams James are Franklin not good. James Franklin just picked up his first road win over ranked opponent it, it, the week it, before against Iowa. Yeah, I mean, look, look at what Michigan. You know, look at the two losses that they have this year on the road. You know, in their two losses period to Wisconsin and Penn State, two teams that they absolutely crushed the year before right. at, at home. home. Right. So, I mean, this is kind of this is kind of how it is. Um, and yeah, there's also, there's also the, yeah. the four. Just ask Wisconsin. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh there's the uh two um the the reason those uh those numbers, you know, if you're do, doing the math along with me, didn't didn't add up to my total numbers and then the home and the way is because there's also the four neutral, neutral site, site games, games right. Um, right? you know, bowl games and then the one the other right. one against Florida to start the season there. They're two and two uh in those games. Um so yeah, not not totally surprising. I don't know. Uh if anything jumps out at you over those numbers or it just Kind of. No, I mean, it, it, what jumps out to me when a lot of those, and I think I did the story this morning, but what jumps out to me on the road, at least, is their slow starts against those teams. Mm-hmm. And then is, is that the reason they lost, or is that because the teams are better than them? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess if a team beats them, in your theory, better than them. But uh, that's, I think, preparation coming into these games. I think it's my, my, my biggest issue with mm-hmm. some of these losses. I mean, you saw them go down big at Wisconsin earlier this year. Uh, you saw them go down 21 nothing against Penn State. Uh, you know, at that point, when you see that, you start to question either preparation, discipline, game planning. I, I don't, I don't know what goes into that. Sure, because it's difficult to come back in those games. Um, and I think that's not against Harbaugh at this point. That they, they're always right there. They always win eight, nine games every year, as we've seen. But they just can't, they can't break out. They can't get that night, that that big win that they they need, so to speak. And right. it's it's been the knock against them for better or for worse. Um. I'd like to, of course, get into a little bit of a Notre Dame preview, but if that's with your permission, I'll save that for the end and do a little basketball talk right here. If that's if you'll allow it, I mean, why not stay on the football train right? Well, you got to give the football train back. You know, listen. Here's the thing: it sounds like you won't allow it, and I'm doing it anyway. I got one. I got one vote, so I'll take it. Uh, Michigan had its media day last week. You know, got to talk to the whole team, all the assistants. Uh, There have been stories up on mlive.com slash Wolverines. There will continue to be stories up. Uh, Got a story up today. It's kind of offbeat about Jawan Howard's uh, acting career. He was in uh, three different uh, TV shows during his NBA career in the mid to late 90s. So I'll give a little plug for that. It was was fun doing it, tracking down these these actors and writers and producers and kind of getting their memories of Jawan Howard on the set. I mean, they all said, I mean, one guy used the word sweetheart multiple times to describe Jawan, uh, you know, which is many of his competitors on the court would be shocked by that term. But just he really, seems like a nice really guy, a nice yeah, guy yeah, that they, they really guy. enjoyed. And many of them connected with him um, afterwards, you know, either in Miami or in New York at games. And, you know, he remembered them. And so I haven't uh, seen any of these. Was he any good at acting? You know, I try. I, I asked the question of them. I wasn't pretending to no. be an expert on the subject, and you know, they all basically said he held his he held his, his own. own. He didn't, okay. you know, stick out. One was the show Hang Time, which was oh, yeah. a kind yeah. of a teen yeah. sitcom uh, where they had every other episode had a former, yeah. you know, had a basketball star on. I remember. It. So you know, very in his element there. I've um, never heard of that HBO show before. Harless, yeah, yeah, yeah. never yeah. heard of that one. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, kind of before yeah. our yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, time, yeah, you yeah, know, right. I, yeah, yeah. Get HBO, but uh, yeah. Um, then the other one was West Wing. He plays a basketball player, but it's a it's a little brief uh, little cameo. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I had fun fun doing that. But um, they, big uh, injury news, though. We got big injury yeah. news. Franz Wagner uh, is out. Um, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, they say with a you know he broke his wrist, his right wrist, his shooting wrist. Um, that's not good. No. So you know exactly how many games he's going to miss. You can you can read on. Um, you know, my story there, uh, kind of breaking down the games that they have, um, you know, the six week mark kind of takes it right up to that December 3rd game at Louisville, you know, so it, it, it's just, it's hard to say we don't, you know, um, but it's not, not good to lose one, you know, one of your promising young players. Um, he was certainly, you know, hyped up by, uh, the, the coaches, um, at media day last week, uh, so, so yeah, it's a big blow. We don't but, need details on when or how it happened, do we? 
No, I mean, uh, you know, I called up the SID and he said that he did. It happened at practice. I mean, this weekend. Okay. So it happened Saturday or Sunday, you know, at practice. Um, so that much we know. Okay. Um, but for the future, they did land that that first that first domino we were talking about. Uh, yes. One hour talking about trying to get get some momentum in recruiting. He's got one. Uh, it's Isaiah Todd, you know, top fifteen recruit in the country, five star. He was number one at one point, you know, a, a year ago or whatever. Um, yeah, this is a major piece. I mean, a kid who Huge. wants to be yeah. a one and done type player. Um, yeah, kind of you know, versatile, six nine, six ten, still growing type. You know, can handle the ball. Um, yeah, he could be he could be a monster, and uh, you know, Juwan was able to to get him. You know, come in somewhat late in the in the in the game, and you know, battled the blue bloods. We're all we're all in the mix for him, including right down to the finish with Kansas um, and Michigan snags him. So um, you know, Isaiah Todd, the player, has said now he's going to go and be one of Michigan's bigger recruiters and try to try to land some more. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. But this was this was significant. Is this the start of a changing landscape in recruiting for, for Michigan basketball? I think absolutely so. You, you saw it just in, in the offers he was throwing out there. Um, you know, there, there's more than one right way to go about building a program. And uh, this will be, it looks like, different than, yes, the way his predecessor, John Beeline, went about it. Um, I mean, there's a, it's also very fair to to maybe say that John Jawan Howard could also just be a better recruiter than John Beeline yeah, was. Right, that that yeah. could be possible. Yeah. That he's just better at it. Uh, I'm not saying that's true for sure, but um, you know, it's one thing to to just kind of have your plan and go with guys. It's another thing to just not be able to get certain right. guys that you you know we're, we're hoping to. So um, yeah, those are the major things uh, um, you know to watch for uh, in basketball. Um, yeah, with the season season coming up, we'll have a uh, exhibition game. Uh, next week, next Friday, November 1st uh, at Chrysler. Um, but yeah, we can swing back to, to football here. It's Michigan Notre Dame. It's a huge game. It's number the number uh, eight Fighting Irish coming to number 19 Michigan as the official AP poll sees it. Is that how Aaron McMahon sees it? I had same 19, numbers? same number. Uh, I, had, had I had Michigan 19. I had Notre Dame. Uh, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Right. Notre Dame 9. So no, okay, slightly playing. different. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, the last the last five meetings uh, in this game uh, matchup have all been all been night games, just like this one will be seven thirty in Ann Arbor, um, and they've all been won by the home team. Last year Notre Dame, and then they had a little break. Twenty fourteen was that Notre Dame they won, and you know the th- three previous years it, they've they've alternated. So again, going with the theme, what we we're talking about for night games, um, yeah, that's there really? for home games. Sorry, it's uh, uh, it's been very tough on the road for for the teams in this series. Um, I don't know what you guys, anything you want to mention about well, this I mean, game. Notre Dame's had a decent schedule. I mean, they they, they won an opener at Louisville. Uh, I know Louisville's not great right now, but mm-hmm. they lost, I think, by six to Georgia. They have a win over Virginia and USC, both at home. So yep. Notre Dame has, in a way, they've run a little bit of a gauntlet here. They've played a relatively difficult schedule, coming off a bye. So I think they've had a couple of weeks now to prepare for Michigan. So I, I, I think, and I'm giving, I haven't given Ryan my prediction yet, but I think this game is going to be a that would be a close one. I, I think Notre Dame has a lot more to play for. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure they were hoping that Michigan would have been Penn State so that, I mean, Michigan's resume was a little bit better. So if Notre Dame can win, they can get, sure. build sure. the resume a little bit more. But still, I mean, they're they're trying to keep their playoff chances alive. And um, in order to do so, they need to be Michigan on the road. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of those games that, you know, people look at the point spread and, and many people are just kind of shocked by it. They look at how Michigan, you know, just lost another, their second game and, you know, many feel the sky is falling. Uh, 
but I'm, I'm updating it right now. I mean, let's see here. We got. Do you want the line? Yeah, it's one. One. Okay, one now move. Michigan's a one-point favorite, but still, I mean, many people were were surprised by that. But again, I think it speaks to to home field. You know, kind of how Michigan looked in the second half of that game, and um, you know, Notre Dame's offense hasn't been quite as good as, as some people thought it would be. Uh, I think our scores are gonna based just on what you two have said so far. They're gonna vary wildly. I think mine's gonna mine's gonna shock. Some folks wow, here. Okay. My score prediction. You have to watch watch the video for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's some other Big Ten action too. Uh, was uh, either guys either of you guys think Wisconsin has a chance at Ohio State? No, I don't. I do not. No, I, it may be close in the first half, but I see Ohio State. Was away, Wisconsin's but... lost Illinois make you swing that way, or again either way? I was going to pick at... Ohio State to win anyway, but seeing what Wisconsin yeah, did at that... Illinois tells me that. Uh, I don't say what Wisconsin was able to do the first few weeks was it was a mirage, but the, you know they, their schedule wasn't exactly the best. Uh, you know they had to go on the road, and you, you saw what happened. So I, I don't see them being. I don't see this game being close. I don't even know what the line is, but I I'd say Ohio yeah, State it's like two touchdowns. Yeah, I was gonna say I was just about to say I think Ohio State wins by a couple scores here, a couple mm-hmm. touchdowns. Interesting. I think I think Wisconsin can hang around there. I don't know. Um, the Ohio upset just looks so good this year. I think they look they look better than they were last year. They uh, they, they look so great. Yeah. Um, they're clicking on all cylinders at this point. They're scoring a football. Uh, I don't winning on the road's tough in the Big Ten, yeah. which I yeah I know what you're going to say next. The, the next name you're going to bring up, correct? Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to say anything about it because I also have the preview Michigan State on my preview. You get a teaser? Well, preview, preview, preview well, since video. I don't submit a score for that all one, right. you you go you know you go to Michigan State beat writers naturally, right? You know, yeah, for yeah. for your prediction there, I'll I'll say it on here that I think I think Michigan State's going to beat Penn State on Saturday. I I don't think you're crazy for saying that. I will say that. All right, all right. I like what you think. So yeah, I mean, again, we could. Geez, they both they both lose. Penn State and Ohio State. Then we'll start. People start looking into those tiebreaker scenarios. I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't think it's happening, yeah. but they, they could. Yes. Never say never. Sure. I mean, if you would ask me last week if I thought Illinois would be Wisconsin, I'd, I'd say no shot. So you, you never know. Sounds good. All right. Well, again, sorry for the uh, issues with last week's episode, but uh, hope this one made it to your ears uh, safe and sound. And uh, there might be some more hockey coverage this weekend too. Maybe Friday night for Michigan, uh, Michigan Western Michigan at Yo. So maybe stay tuned for that. Got to throw in a little nugget on hockey there. I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening.